This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, while testing a novel piece of avionics, two pilots unknowingly become test pilots. Find out what happens in A New Low by Stephen Davies. I have always been a conscientious pilot who goes to safety seminars and uses personal minimums to avoid risky situations. I could never imagine putting myself in the kinds of situations I read in Never Again, but there I was. I was one of two pilots flying a Cessna 177RG out of Spanish Fork Airport, Springville Woodhouse Field, Uniform 77 at the time, now Sierra Papakilo, in Utah. The more experienced pilot was pilot in command. I was in the right seat. This Cessna Cardinal had a laser altimeter, adapted from large unmanned aircraft systems, installed under a one-only supplemental type certificate. It gave height above terrain readouts and callouts like the radio altimeter systems in turbine and jet aircraft. One of the manufacturer's caveats was it would not operate over water. We enjoyed a relaxing sightseeing flight over the canyons east of Springville. On returning to the area, we tuned to the common traffic advisory frequency, only to hear a recorded message that the airport was closed. We'd read a NOTAM saying they would be working on a runway extension, but hadn't paid attention to the time of the closure. No problem, Provo Municipal Airport, Papa Victor Uniform, was only five nautical miles northwest. We decided to land there and have an early dinner at the airport restaurant. By then, Springville would be open. We were cleared to land on runway 13 at Provo. The downwind base and final legs to runway 13 are over Utah Lake. As we descended on base leg, the laser altimeter started making altitude callouts. It was totally unexpected since we were over water. Every good pilot wants to know the capabilities and limitations of their aircraft systems. So over dinner, we devised a plan to determine if the laser altimeter did indeed work over water. We wanted to determine at what height the laser altimeter would provide readings and whether it was reporting height above the surface or height above the bottom of the lake. 
The south end of Utah Lake is a narrow strip bordered by marsh to the northwest and dry lake bed to the southeast. We would fly over that strip of lake, landing gear retracted from northwest to southeast, at an airspeed and altitude that would allow us to make a forced landing on the dry lake bed if we had problems. The next morning, we made four uneventful passes over the lake. I monitored the laser altimeter and made altitude callouts to the PIC. The first pass was at 800 feet, descending to 600 feet with no altitude readout over water. Second was 400 feet, descending to 250 feet with no altitude readout over water. Third was about 100 feet with good altitude readouts. And fourth was at about 50 feet with good altitude readouts. I said I wanted one more pass and thought I indicated to test between 250 feet, where we had no altitude readouts, and 100 feet, where we had good altitude readouts. During the fifth pass, I was alarmed at how low we were. I quit making altitude callouts and looked up to see why we were flying so low. The PIC, perhaps believing we were in level flight, continued descending until the bottom of the cowling struck the water. The water forced the nose up. Fortunately, the sudden increase in pitch was enough to compensate for the reduction in airspeed from the water drag, and the aircraft climbed out of the water. Our temporary relief turned to fear. The engine RPM was high, and the propeller pitch control didn't have any effect. We were at 10 nautical miles southwest of the closest airport, Uniform 77. We quickly decided to return. We called on the Springville CTAF that we wanted a non-standard right base approach to runway 12. As we approached the airport, we saw trucks and personnel working off the approach end of runway 12. On short final, we lowered the landing gear and lost altitude as the landing gear deployed. We were low enough I could almost see the expression on the ground personnel's faces as they scattered. It looked like we might clear the trucks but shear off the landing gear on the exposed end of the runway concrete under construction. I credit the stick and rudder skills of the PIC for avoiding the temptation to pull the nose up to try to make the runway, which surely would have resulted in stalling the aircraft. We cleared the trucks, and by some miracle, the main gear touched down on the runway. The seriousness of the situation became more apparent when we taxied back to the hangar. Even at an uncomfortably high engine RPM, the aircraft could barely taxi. We would later learn the propeller governor was damaged, both propeller tips were rolled back from striking the water, and one of the blades was at risk of coming off. In hindsight, a gear-up landing on the dry lake bed would have been more expensive, but more prudent. A very upset airport manager arrived at the hangar just after we shut down the engine. I imagine he was about to dress us down, but he stopped when he saw the condition of the aircraft. The question I have asked myself many times is, how could two conscientious pilots put themselves in this situation? I used the PAVE and I'm safe checklists when preparing for a flight. All looked good. I know the FAA hazardous attitudes and avoid them. I have concluded we were doing a flight maneuver we were not trained for, had not accounted for all the risks, and had not sufficiently established the division of responsibilities and communication between the PIC and me. 
Every seaplane pilot will tell you judging height over water can be extremely difficult, particularly when the water is calm. We were two pilots with no seaplane experience flying extremely low over calm water. We should have established a floor. I should have spoken up when I was uncomfortable with how low we were. I have a new rule. I ask myself, am I operating an aircraft outside performance limitations in the pilot's operating handbook? Am I performing maneuvers I have not been trained to do? Am I calibrating an instrument using unpublished procedures? Am I operating an aircraft less than 500 feet above water for a maneuver other than a normal takeoff or landing? The answer is yes to any of these questions. I am a test pilot. I am not qualified to be a test pilot, so I should not be doing any of those things. On the upside, reviewing the altitude reported by the laser altimeter when the aircraft struck the water, we concluded the laser altimeter was reporting height above the surface of the water. I guess you could say our foray into being test pilots was successful, but could have come at a cost I have no interest in paying. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.